Hello and welcome to episode, oh it's episode 5 isn't it? Yes, episode 5 of season 2. It's uh, getting a bit too many episodes, I think I might have to start a new season soon. Hopefully perhaps I can get to season 12 by Christmas. But um, yeah, this will be a call-in episode uh, dedicated to a flurry of uh, messages I received from John Lodge of the Red Dice Diaries and Purple Worm podcast fame. Uh, I was really grateful to receive these from John. Um, although, although I got them in very quick succession and I, and I was somewhat surprised by them. Um, I thought, my goodness, that man has got some stamina. He's got a, clearly got a 24 stamina from Fighting Fantasy uh, to be listening to all these podcasts in one go. And then I realised... Uh, he must be watching. He must be listening to them on on fast play. Uh, I hadn't actually realised. In I listen to all my podcasts in in the Anchor app, and I make them in the Anchor app. And I didn't actually realise Anchor had a fast play option. I don't know where John's listened to his podcasts, but uh, so yeah, I must realise. Yeah, he's been listening to me on fast uh, speed. That's what we must be doing. Um, and and I got worried that oh, what do I sound like on fast speed? Do I just sound like a Geordie chipmunk? Um, so I I went back and listened to my podcasts on fast play, on the fastest speed I could, and, and no, I I just sounded like a fairly ordinary person. I or I, obviously I just talk so slowly and laboriously anyway that putting me on fast play just makes me sound like everybody else. So that's probably the best way to listen to my podcasts on super fast play, or perhaps just not bother with them at all. But um, yeah, John had quite a bit to say, uh, and I'm really grateful for his comments and and I'll try and deal with them individually in in the in the order that the episodes that he was speaking about. Whoa, wait a moment. Okay. Now that was the original introduction that I had planned for this um podcast. But since doing that I've it's now heard, I've it's come to my attention um that there has been comments made on another podcast. Uh, I can't remember the name of it. It's meant to be some Elite gaming podcasts. I'm uh, not so meant to be teaching you um, the best way to be a power gamer or the ultimate gamer, some clap clinic or something. I can't, I don't know, I can't remember what it was. But someone on that podcast suggested that, um, or inferred, or hinted, or rumored that I perhaps I wasn't a real person, uh, that um, actually that I could be uh, just a character created by John Lodge himself. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, that's clearly nonsense, obviously. And uh, I'm hoping in this uh, podcast, when you hear mine and John's voices alongside each other, it'll be quite obvious that this is nonsense, that there's nothing to this conspiracy at all. Now, I mean, I've got a Geordie Northeast England accent, and I'm not sure where John's from. I, th- I think he may be from the East Midlands. I'm sorry, John, if that's offended you. I, I'm not quite sure where you're from, but I think it's, it sounds a bit like East Midlands to me. And I think anyone from the United Kingdom would quite be able to tell that we have quite different voices. Um, perhaps it may just be our friends across the pond in the United States that may think we sound similar. Um, but hopefully this podcast will put all these talk to bed uh, and uh, just dismiss the conspiracy. Now, now, I'm well aware that rational people will probably come to this conclusion, but as I understand, you know, irrational conspiracy theorists, they're, they're never going to listen to reason or logic or facts or anything like that. So they may just refuse the evidence I put forward in this. And they may even suggest that the fact that I've got so many messages from John is proof in itself that me and John 
uh, of the same person. So uh, I hope you don't mind, John. Um, but because I'm aware they're not going to listen to us and the truth, um, I hope you don't mind if I, I'll answer your calls and I'll, I'll treat them sincerely and honestly like I was intending. But perhaps I'll also take this opportunity to perhaps poke fun at some of these conspiracy theorists and their ludicrous ideas, if, if you don't mind. So uh, we'll just start with uh, John's comments about my Cursive Verisimilitude episode. Hey there, it's John here from the Red Dice Diaries, first time caller. Just started listening to your podcast. I'm working my way through your back catalogue at the minute. I'm just on the first episode, The Serious Case of the Cursive Verisimilitude, which sounds like it will be a wicked like OSR module, to be perfectly honest. But... I'm not all the way through the episode, but I just wanted to leave a call in to say, I can see your point. Um, like you say, I think particularly if you're doing an in-person game with a group of friends, sort of bidding off that group of friends just because maybe you don't really like the style of game they tend to prefer, I could see how that could be a difficult thing. I think it's perhaps less difficult if you're gaming online with a group of people you've recruited for a specific game. But then if you've recruited them for a specific game, surely as the GM, you'd have laid out what sort of game you're planning to run in the first place. But I think like a lot of things in tabletop gaming, it comes down to a bit of a balancing act. You know, what sort of things are you willing to sacrifice to keep the group going? Is there anything the group can sort of amend or sort of change to reach a compromise between the two of you. So you're getting maybe a bit more of the game you want, but not totally moving away from the game that the group has. And as always with these things, I'd encourage a sort of frank discussion between the GM and their players before sort of taking any action, like binning off the group or anything like that. Anyway, dude, enjoying the episode very much. I'm going to get back to listening to it now. You'll probably get some more call-ins from me as I listen to the rest of the episodes. Take care, and I'll catch you soon. So, thank you for that, John. Uh, I just want to say, first off, you know, I think anyone listening to that, that should pretty much clear it up. I think there's clearly no, no similarities between our voice and yours, my voice and yours, really, at all there. But um, regarding what you said about uh, my episodes, yeah, it's it's. I think it's clear. It's come through in other things other people have said about my episodes. The importance of this sort of session zero, and the importance of communicating, constant communication with your players, and just establishing what you, they want and what you want from the game, and what you're trying to achieve, and, and just checking in with everybody and making sure everyone's on the same page. I think that's a more recent development that we never really did in the '80s, and I think it's a really good development. I think it's certainly worthwhile. Um, and it would have saved us a lot of problems if we had the maturity. I mean, I was just a kid when I was playing in the 80s. If we had the maturity to adopt something like that, it would have been a great idea. Uh, but, but, you know, now that you mentioned it, uh, yeah, my nephew, he may have been doing this with me already because, I mean, I've been asking him since I've had the advice, like, what is it he wants from the game? And he's just said he wants a lot more fighting, a lot more looting, and a lot more buying and selling stuff. Uh, I think he's influenced by computer games. But he watches also a lot of YouTube videos, and um, he tried to run. Uh, I think is it the Essentials Kit, the the Dragon? Is it the Dragons from Ice Spire? The Dragon of Ice Spire Peak? Is it? Oh, I don't know. Um, he tried to run that just before the lockdown, um, but uh, he didn't read the module. I think he just watched a YouTube video on how to run it. And um, when he first started playing the game, he was he used to, he used to run little games and then come back and say, "Well, did you enjoy that? What did you like about it? Which parts did you like? Which parts did you not like?" 
And I thought he was perhaps just being a bit needy, you know, and a bit wanting a bit of validation uh, about what he was doing. But I think in hindsight, he may well have actually have watched some of these videos about this session zero and checking in with your players and establishing what they want. He may actually have been ahead of the game than me. I mean, he asked me a year ago if I could teach him how to play uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, and I think in the long run, he's teaching me how to play the game more. I think he's ahead of me. I think he's a more advanced gamer, in truth. Um, and I'm glad you liked the uh, title of the episode, uh, John. I uh, I thought it would have made it perhaps a nice little Call of Cthulhu uh, episode or investigation. I think that's what I was thinking of with the, the title. But uh, thank you. Thank you for your comments, John. I appreciate the calling. So let's see what more John had to say about my next episode. Hey there, John again from the Red Dice Stories. Just a quick apology. When I left my previous message, I said I was listening to your first episode, The Curse of Verisimilitude, and I've now realised that's actually your second episode, but for some reason it was the one that popped up first in the list on my podcatcher. But I'm now going to go and listen to your actual first episode where you're talking about why rules and roleplay don't mix. Also, I enjoyed the sort of humming rendition of the, the Anvil of Crom at the end of your episode. And I was pleased to hear that I'm not the only one who sort of transitions into like moonlight shadow when they hear the actual recording of that. Anyway, I'm going to go back and listen to your actual first episode now, dude. Enjoying the podcast. Take care. Okay, John, thank you for that. Um, yeah, um, I think the apology should be with me really about that. Uh, I messed up when I was making this, when I made the first episode uh, and then I've made the second episode. I kind of thought, oh, there's a bit, I've got quite a lot of clutter here in this anger app. I've got all these messages and uh, things that I didn't use and I thought oh, perhaps I should try and tidy things up a bit and clear them out and uh, when I started deleting the messages I end up deleting my first episode uh, I thought I thought it wouldn't be a problem I thought now that I've published it perhaps it would be uploaded to the you know to the the cloud or something or I don't really know I don't really understand these things but I lost my first episode and I had to reconstruct it and uh, I think if you listen to my podcast uh, in another app you may find that there's two versions of my balancing act uh, podcast because there's the one I published and then there's the one I had to redo because I completely lost it from the Anchor app altogether. So that's why there's the confusion. So uh, my apologies for that. It, it's my fault. Um, and I was going to say, <laughs> I'm I'm glad that uh, you feel the same way about the Anvil of Crom. I, I was glad someone had some sympathy and empathy uh, with me there. Um, I put it down to me being tone deaf. I always said that I sort of hear in black and white. I can I can discern the shapes, but I I miss out on all the extra colours and hues in the music. Um, but now that you've mentioned it, I, 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 with what people have been saying about this conspiracy theory, I'm thinking that is strange, isn't it, John? That we both feel the same way about that music. How many other people would feel like that? Perhaps other people can ring in and. Uh, clarify that, but I think that is a bit weird, isn't it? That we both feel the same way about Anvil of Crom. What's the chances of that? Um, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's got me thinking that it's uh, well, I'm not not quite having an existential crisis about this, but you know, let's let's just go on to the next message, shall we? See what John's got to say about the next episode. Hi, it's John here from the Red Dice Diaries again, just listening to your episode three and i chuckled when you mentioned listening to one of my youtube videos from about six years ago glad, glad you enjoyed the video or i hope you did um 
Yeah, you're absolutely right. Like, I think these big subjects that are open to a lot of interpretation, they're never ever going to be resolved, resolved. You know, someone puts like a seal and a stamp on it and be like, yes, we've 100% settled the the case of immersion. And I've got to admit, like a lot of people, I do sometimes find it a bit wearisome when you see the same old things going around and around. But I try and remind myself the fact that because it's always new people and new viewpoints coming in, often things will be looked on in a different light or sort of different ideas will be thrown up and perhaps something good or unexpected might come of it. Who knows? Anyway, I'm going to go back to listening to the episode. Do take care and I'll catch you soon. Uh, John, thank you for that message. Yeah, uh, um, yeah, your your video from six years ago. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, I think you had a pretty sane approach to the ideas of immersion. And you're right in that video where you said, you know, there's there's a lot of people use that word to mean a lot of different things and concepts. I think that's where uh, Daniel and Che's definition of otherworldly immersion can help in us what we're talking about here. Uh, but I think even within that, there are different levels of immersion. And I think you acknowledge that in your concept that you came across in LARPing, uh, that you're aware of that concept of totally losing yourself in another another place and another character. Um, but I <clears throat> I think I'd be a little bit scared of, of losing myself in another character. Um, I, I, I have a few techniques that I use to have a sort of immersion of place to use my imaginative skill to imagine the sights and the scenes of a place and I, I, I use some little what I call like little mini LARPing techniques um, to, to sort of give me sort of a nervous system sense of being in a place and, and I quite like that level of immersion but I think to immerse yourself to really start to think you're actually Gandalf or something I, that's something I, I wouldn't be interested in I'd be a bit scared of so I think like what you're saying you're more balanced approach to uh you know, just just to enjoy the game, to immerse yourself and lose yourself in the game, but not to go to that that length of totally disappearing in the game. So, like a method acting level of immersion. Um, I mean, that could have some psychological uh, consequences to it. But uh, yeah, and I mean, just talking about your back catalogue, uh, John. I mean, it's quite, it's uh, it's a little bit intimidating, actually. I mean, this, you, you've been in this hobby for so long. There's so much. I mean, you've got all those uh, podcasts and blog uh, blog posts on your Red Dice uh, Diaries dot com site, your own site. You've got all those old um, podcasts within the Anchor app. Yeah, still you've got all those dozens of podcasts, and then you've got your all those YouTube videos going back to two thousand and thirteen. And I think there's probably not much you haven't seen in this hobby, John. Uh, John. I imagine if there's something in this hobby, you've probably already uh, seen it, done it, and perhaps tore the T-shirt off its dead carcass <laughs> uh, so I, I really appreciate your opinions on things but it's interesting that you said you know sometimes you, you do find these things a bit tedious uh, sometimes when they just come round and round and round again and that, that is strange uh, could it be could it be possible that John that you made a that you made a character that didn't know it was a character just to have something new in the game. Now that's silly. That's <coughs> snap out of it. Stop thinking like that, you fool. Okay, let's get on to the next message. Let's see if John can not just get us back on track. Enough of this silly talk. Hey there, it's John again from the Red Dice Diaries. Just listening to your episode 
four when you're talking about uh, Jason Connolly's uh, Ray Harryhausen sort of tribute episode he did. And I wanted to call on that. I suppose technically I should be leaving the call for Jason, but I leave him loads of calls anyway. So thought I'd leave you this one. I was absolutely captured by those as well when I was young. And I know you were talking about like the, the K from the Valley of the Guanji, however you pronounce it, I can never get it right, appearing in your dreams. Well, I remember Talos, the big sort of bronze man with a little plug in his ankle where they defeat him by sort of like pulling the plug out and letting all the sort of nectar or whatever it is that uh, animates him dribble out because they can't fight him in hand-to-hand combat and likewise defeating the skeletons with their wits and i think that's a large part of what made me want to have monsters that have a weakness that you can discover through research and use that to defeat them love the episode dude take care i'll catch you soon okay thanks for that uh, comments uh, john um and, and i really hope uh, jason as well gets to hear this podcast and he has that appreciation as well because i really did I really did enjoy that little podcast that Jason did. I thought it was almost a perfect little podcast. But um, it's interesting, that idea of a, of a monster with a weakness um, uh, or a Achilles heel. In the case of a Talos, an actual, Talos, an actual genuine Achilles heel. But that was even, I think that goes right back to first edition AD&D. I, I, I can remember, um, I've, I've got my old monster manual here. And a lot of the monsters in there had these sort of weaknesses that, but you know, some of the weaknesses were so obscure. And the monsters were so powerful, they were, they were going to kill you with a one-touch. And the, the weaknesses were so obscure that you had, there was very little chance you were going to take advantage of them. I don't think many people had the idea to perhaps have it as a research point. Something that you had to research to work out the, uh, the weakness of the monster. Uh, I mean, like the Iron Golem. The Iron Golem was almost pretty much impervious to anything, except the attacks of a Rust monster. So you'd have to, like, capture a Rust monster first and then somehow release it onto the Iron Golem if you wanted to kill it. Um, the, there was the... What's this? The, the Rakshasa, the, the, the tiger man, uh, tiger humanoid monster. You know, it, it was immune to spells under eighth level. It had spells up to third level. It had ESP. It had illusion spells that could mimic humans. Uh, magical weapons below plus three did only one half damage. But if you could hit it with a crossbow blessed by a cleric, that would kill it outright. But it's such an obscure little weakness that I don't anyone could ever take... Um, advantage of it and there's, there's the rope just after that i mean that was a powerful monster and it was pretty much an unaffected by lightning half damage from cold and yet it was very susceptible to fire minus four on saving throw so this concept of a weakness in a monster to be exploit um yeah i think that's that goes right back to gygax he had that idea as well but <laughs> i can't ever remember ever managing to exploit any of these weaknesses i just remember dying an awful lot in those early days um but uh thank you for your comments john and uh, I, th- I think the fact that we both like Ray Harryhausen, I don't think we can read anything into that. I don't think the conspiracy theorists could get anything from that, really. I mean, everybody likes Ray Harryhausen, doesn't they? There's nothing to worry about with that. That's fine. Thank you. And now we come to John's uh, final comments on the rather delicate subject uh, of love and romance and sexuality in role-playing games. Hey there, Safer, it's John again from the Red Dice Diaries. Just been listening to your episode entitled Elminster's Love Buzz, another quality episode title, if I may say. And my sort of opinion on like romance and stuff like that in fantasy games is I generally sort of keep it subtle. And if anything more than that happens, we fade to black. So, for instance, in a previous game of mine, we had Colin from Spike Pit. Um, his character ended up getting 
amorous with a, a young milkmaid at a village near the Dolman Wood. And they had a bit of chat. They went upstairs. We faded that scene to black. Everyone knew what was going on, but that's as much as we needed to deal with it. Then later on, he ended up getting like a shotgun wedding with her, because, well, a crossbow wedding, I suppose, because it's fantasy, when her father burst in. But that's a different story. The actual sort of business end of it, as it were, was kept fairly subtle. And that's how I preferred to keep it in my games. Focus on like the really exciting stuff, bit of interpersonal sort of stuff. You know, you have like talking to NPCs, social interactions and whatever. But when it gets down to, as I said, like the business end of that sort of like romance and love and stuff like that, we tend to fade to black. I suppose we're doing like a PG-13 version of the game, really. But basically... I don't want to have to talk through like a sex scene with like any of my friends. We all know what goes on in that sort of situation. I don't really feel the need to go on about it at the table. I don't think I'm particularly prudish. That's just not what I'm looking for in a game. If other people want to play games with like monstrous PCs, like knobbing each other left, right and centre, that's their business, but it's not really my vibe. Anyway, dude, enjoy the episode. I'm going to get back to listening to the rest of your back catalogue. Take care and I'll catch you soon. Thank you for those comments, John. Uh... Uh, I'm glad you appreciate the title of the episode, but I, I suppose the cons- to the conspiracy theorists, we're just congratulating ourselves here, aren't we? But um, no, I, I mean, I was trying to say in that episode, I think, yeah, I think what you're saying, that there is a sliding scale of, perhaps not tolerance, but appreciation of sexual issues. And, and, and I think, you know, I think, as I said in my podcast, I was perhaps wrong to relate um, non-sexual familial love on this scale and uh, I think there's been a few podcasts discussing sex and love within role-playing games recently and uh, and I wasn't really saying that these things are equivalent to each other I wasn't really saying that you know true love is is, is some has some kind of equivalency to um, assault sexual assault you know saying these things are on a scale of tolerances I mean they're only related in, in the same way that like um, lawful good and chaotic evil are both alignments you know they're on a scale of alignments but they're completely different they're completely different separate things they they're entirely different they've got they're completely opposed to each other you know one's one's the direct opposite of the other they're, they're not related at all they're separate things but they're only connected by being alignments i think i was trying to say that um perhaps true love and uh, like things of scaling through it's a bit like that alignment scale and uh, you know true love is is the pure and sexual assault is the profane it's the opposite of it it's it's the corruption of it i wasn't trying to say that they were equivalent or conflated in any way um but i'm clearly on the more prudish side of things when it comes to this um and it seems there does seem to be a bit of split between the sort of the the, the, the english people your the comments that you've made we seem to be slightly more conservative about these things and perhaps the, the Americans have been some of the American podcasts and, and their approaches to it being more accepting and um, really really enjoying uh, uh, it and uh, these concepts and ideas and uh, really immersing themselves in it and it's, it's curious to me being a bit of a prude and not really wanting to deal with these issues um, perhaps it's just an English sentiment uh, I don't know but I, I am quite prudish about these things and perhaps you know been in the deep freeze for 30 years, perhaps I have just got arrested development, you know? Perhaps I am sort of like emotionally repressed, you know? Perhaps I don't really have full 
response to these things. Perhaps I'm not a complete character. Perhaps I'm not. Am I not? Am I not? A, am I not a full person? Could it be true? Am I just a character? A one-dimensional character? Don't say it's true. Please don't say it's true. Scene two, take four. Hi, it's just John from the Red Dice Diaries. And, uh, hold on, hold on. That should have been safer there, shouldn't it? Yeah, we just did John just before that. Oh, no, okay, safer then. <clears throat> okay, um, okay, thank you for that, John. I really appreciate it. Uh, glad you enjoyed it. Okay, thank you for listening. Um, John, if you listen to this, I, I hope... Uh, uh, you've taken this in the spirit in which it was intended. Uh, it, I wasn't intended to be disrespectful in any way. I hope you haven't uh, th thought that. Um, I, I was trying to sincerely respond to your call-ins, but I was also trying to provide a little bit of entertainment and perhaps provide a, a response podcast a little bit different and perhaps a little bit more novel than what you may have been used to. Um, so I hope you've appreciated it. Um, I hope anyone else that's listened to it has appreciated it. Um, I hope you all stay well, uh, all the best to you, and I hope you all enjoy your gaming. Take care. Right, what time is it? Oh, 1800 hours exactly. Wow, six o'clock. Okay, time for my tea then. What have we got? Ah, yes, natural goat broth, that's it. I hear that's quite good for the vocal cords. Lovely.